All righty. It's great uh, to be back again. I said that a lot this summer. Well, I tell you, I'm not traveling for nothing. I got invited to a conference in Colorado with like all these big people. It's like an invitation deal. And as much as I wanted to go, I said, you know, I'm not going anywhere else uh, for the rest of the fall. I've just been away from my family a ton. And, I, and I've, missed, um, I've missed being here. But I was in London at the Fun in the Sun with a church plant. Kirby and Val were there. Ed's there. Love and life. Macking on all the ladies. But um, it, was, it was great being there. And we, we got to connect with, you know, there's about seven or eight other church planters that are doing what we're doing, just trying to bring a different model uh, of hope and relationship with Christ into communities. And it was just a, it was a huge blessing for me to be a part of that. To, um, there's two leading church planners uh, in the country there that spoke during the week that were just really encouraging. I, I was able to tell them about all the problems, things I don't know what I'm doing. And he was just, it was really a, it was a tremendous blessing. And so I appreciate uh, just our staff. They're so capable now. Um, I don't even think about you when I'm gone, um, and uh, it's very nice. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I wanted—I I was, I was flying back on the plane. I don't know what I was thinking. Like, I flew back last night with jet lag. I was thinking, what, how did I put myself down for speaking in the morning? This is idiotic. And then I'm leading tonight, and I'm going to have all five kids because we'll leave for Cuba. So I was like, I don't have a babysitter. I'll just bring them to church. I'll be fine, whatever. Five, did I say Five. It's a prophetic word right there. Woo! Well, I kind of count myself as one of the children, so. Anyway. So, uh, so I, I want to apologize in advance. I'll just tell you this. As I talk about prayer, know that it's not the greatest, it's not going to be expository teaching, unraveling any deep theological truths the Scripture has to tell us about prayer. It's going to be a much more practical address uh, to us as a church. I was just praying, Lord, what do you want me to speak on? What do you want me to speak on? What do you want me to speak on? So I spent the seven-hour seven flight from London to New York. I spent praying and sleeping, but praying a lot of that time and worshiping and just trying to listen to the Lord. And I just felt like prayer kept coming back to me. And so I thought, I don't want to preach on prayer. That's just There's a million sermons on prayer. But um, and trying to be obedient to God's uh, desire for our church. I have a sermon for you on prayer this morning. I'd like to start with James 5, 13 to 18. It says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let Lex, this is for you. It says, Let him pray. It's, where are you going? You gotta go to the bathroom, don't you? Okay, going on. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a, nat- with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. How, I mean, how many, I mean, th- that's kind of why we need to pray in a nutshell. 
And we could just, if we just believe that, if you need healing, pray. If you're discouraged, pray. If you have sins, pray and you'll be healed. If you don't want it to rain, if you don't like the way the weather's going, pray. I mean, it's the, I mean, James is telling us, we, Elijah, who has the nature, it's like he's going out of his way to tell us, we, here's a guy, an ordinary guy like you, who prayed for it not to rain, who changed the course of nature. And God heard him and, 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 and answered his prayer. And then he prayed again. I mean, I think that, again, Jesus wants us to understand that, that, that there is great power in pray, prayer. You know, I want to say this from the beginning. This is, not, I hope that this is not to make you feel guilty. I think it's to make us aware of the need for us to pray more together and as individuals. You know, we believe that people, we believe in prayer in our church because we do it every Sunday. And then and we expect for God to be doing stuff, or we wouldn't do it. And every Sunday we have people who come up and testify to the prayers that we've been doing. And so I don't doubt that you think prayer is important. And I don't doubt, and I know that we, we emphasize that in our church. And so, again, this is not a slap on the wrist as much as it is going to challenge us, hopefully, to want to pray even more. To want to pray even more. Because I believe that individually... Thanks, Lex, for coming back. We're just right there. Individually, Lex, individually, we have things in our life, things in our life that we need more prayer, prayer for, and we're not praying enough. And corporately, if we want to accomplish the things as a church that we've been called to accomplish, we need to pray more as a church. Okay? And so... There's this guy, and I think that the main reason we don't pray is not because we don't want to, we don't believe in it. It's because we're just kind of, we forget. I think it's because we forget. You know, and a friend of mine who, uh, he, uh, he's a, well, anyways, a friend of mine, he wanted, he set a goal to pray a certain amount of times, like a certain amount of minutes for, for the year. And he wore a stopwatch around his neck. And every, like, half hour, the stopwatch would go off. He'd hit it, and he'd pray for like two or five minutes or something. He, he had an amount of time that he would pray. And he wore this big dorky stopwatch for like years around his neck. I mean, I've seen brochures like from his company at the time, and he's like wearing this big, hideous stop. I mean, it's huge. I mean, it's huge. It's like Flavor Flav has that big clock he wears. I mean, that's what I think of. I didn't tell him that, but that's what I'm thinking, you know. And, um, you know, that's an extreme example that's an extreme example. But what it taught him was to bring in the discipline of prayer into his life regularly. And I'll tell you now, when I meet with him and I spend time with him, he prays more than anyone I know. He prays more than anyone I know. The first time I met with him, he had this, like, really, like, this little bird. And I don't know what kind of bird it was. But it was, like, crawling all through his shirt and stuff. He's like, yeah, I have this bird. It just reminds me to pray. Dude. I mean, he's a little eccentric. He's a little extreme. But I was just impressed. I mean, he had done the whole stopwatch thing, but still his desire was to pray all the time. And you'll be, I'll be talking to him in conversation, and he'll just kind of start praying. And he'll just kind of, he'll, you'll be talking to him, just kind of just go off in prayer. And there's a sense that he is always praying. There's this connection that he has with God. How many people this week prayed as much as they know they should or they want to? Just raise your hand. Nobody. One, two, three. Liars. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) 
They misunderstood. They're like, that's right, that's not us. Okay, how many people, how many people this week believed that if they prayed more, their life would be better? Raise your hand. Everybody! So the problem is not that we don't believe in it, and there's this tension that we live in, that we know that we need to do it more and we don't do it enough. So I just think that it's important. That, well, I just want to raise an awareness, and maybe leave, you can leave with some tools. I'm going to throw some out there at the end. But, but there's a reality that, that in order to pray more, you're going to have to pray more. I'm not a rocket scientist. I told you I was on the plane whenever I came up with that theological, you know, the weighty truth of that. If, you're gonna, if you want to pray more, you're going to have to pray more, okay? Jesus said this, but watch yourself, lest your hearts be weighed, out, weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of life. See, I think it's the cares of life that just get us off track. And that, and, that, that, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all. It will come upon all of us. This trap, this distraction of the world, this desire on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all of these things that are going to take place and stand before the Son of Man. And every day he was teaching in the temple, but at night he went out and lodged on the mount called Olivet. And early in the morning, all the people came to him in the temple to hear him. So here we have Jesus telling us all, you're going to be distracted, every one of us. The cares of the world are going to come upon you. It's going to happen. And then he demonstrates the way he dealt with this. He got away from everybody and he went to pray. He went to pray. So my first point is for you to realize that if you're going to pray more, you need to start praying. Let's say that again. If you're going to, if you need to, if you're going to pray more, you need to start praying. Okay, so, so if you don't hear anything else, you're going to leave today with that simple but profound theological truth. I need to pray more. I really do. I want to pray more because I want more from God in my life. You know, and there are no, there are no shortcuts to this. I mean, we, have, we have plenty of technology. We have lots of technology that can help us with this. I mean, you can, if you, you can have Google. You can set up a Google Calendar, and Google can email you reminders on your phone, text you. You know, I mean, you can, you can set up your phone to go off and alarms. It's in your pocket. I have this 9 o'clock one, and I put, it drives a little crazy. And it drives, it's a dog barking. I don't know why I came up with that, but it drives my dog crazy. So my dog starts barking, so I have to get up, and it just reminds me to pray. It reminds me to pray. I was in a, leading a discipleship group with some of the guys on our staff. We committed. We're just going to pray. You know, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done. Earth as in heaven. The Lord's prayer, morning, noon, and night, and to see how that goes. And we are trying all kinds of crazy things, reminding each other, you know, setting our phones to do stuff, alarms, our computers, everything. And it took all of that to do that. You'd think that it would be easy. But it's just not because the cares of the world will come in on us. You know, but you can get into a prayer triplet. We have this prayer triplets that we set up. They're over there. You can sign up. You can have accountability. You can have people who help you pray. You can pray more and make it intentional. Before you leave, pray with your spouse every day. I'm just, I'm, I don't do this. I'm just telling you. I've done it before with Laura, and it's great. But then we slowly slide off, and, and we stop doing it. And so I'm just reminding you of some obvious things. If you have roommates, pray with them. Commit to pray with them every day. You know, you might, 
I start, I had a 45 minute commute when I lived in Julington. I wouldn't turn on the radio and I'd pray. I'd just pray the whole way into work. And I would just, I, and that's just what I did. I left the radio off of my car and it would remind me. Every time I got in my car, I was like, why isn't the radio on? I was, I'm going to pray. You know, if you're going to pray in your car, keep your eyes open. Just, we don't, you know, we don't trust the Lord that much right now. Okay? You see, all of us have things in our life that we have, we have going on that we need God to weigh in on. And that's what prayer does. It allows God to weigh in on our life. We all need and we all know that we want his kingdom to break more into our life. We, all, we just said that. How many people want more of that? We, when we all raise our hands. Imagine the frustration. You know, I don't know if God gets frustrated. So that might be an extreme statement. But imagine, just for our purposes, the frustration that God would have that he has provided all of these solutions for our problems, yet we don't consider them. We don't ask for them. Again, like, I don't know how all that works out in his providence. But I, I mean, I have a sense when, we, when Jesus was giving a demonstration of how prayer works, it was the, the persistent widow going, asking again and again and again and again and again. And he said, that's how we should be. It's ask, ask, ask. And that God has the solutions. You know, it's what makes me so excited about the life course is that I see broken people, confused people, people who have been hurt by the church, walking around needing solutions for their life, knowing that Jesus has died to give the solution. The solutions exist. They're there waiting for them. All we have to do is bring them into an environment to believe and to see that, but it's not until they ask and invite Christ in that they will receive those solutions. In the same way, in our life, God has the solutions for us. Where there is, it looks like, in, my, in this situation, there's no win. It's a, it's, a, it's a losing situation. The Father has a win-win for us. He has the solution for us. It's not always what we want, but He has died for the solution. For the communication to exist between us and them. Now, we have to ask for it, though. And it doesn't mean that God doesn't move if we don't ask, because he does, thankfully. In Romans 8, 26 and 27, we, some of us might have heard this voice, or this, this verse. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches our hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Thankfully, God gives us solutions even when we don't ask him, that he is moving. But too many of us rely on that grace and that reality. We quote that verse all the time, well, I don't need to pray. You know, Spirit's interceding, baby. Always interceding for me, so I don't need to pray. But that's just, that's not true. It, it contradicts Scripture. It contradicts what Jesus demonstrates for us to pray. If Jesus needed to pray, and he perfectly heard from the Father, and he had the Holy Spirit dwelling in him perfectly in communication, if he needed to pray, certainly we do as well. Have you ever accidentally um, had someone call you on, on, your, on their cell phone or call your cell phone and they have their cell phone with them and they don't know that they've called you and you kind of start listening in and you're like, oh, they don't know. They're, they're going to do something. It's going to be great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get them. And, well, having the name Antley, that, this happens to me frequently because I get dialed a lot because I'm the first one in their phone book. And... Um, but one time, uh, this, this actually happened to me, and, I, and it happened, I accidentally called my pastor at the time, and so I, I saw him, 
And he said, oh, Antley, it's like, you accidentally called me the other day. And I'm thinking, oh, my word. What was I doing and saying when my pastor was listening in on my, you know, my private life, so to speak? Because that's what's happening. And he says, he says uh, yeah, I heard you disciplining your children. And I'm just thinking, oh, that could be bad. Because as much as you probably think I'm the great father that never makes mistakes, I do make a few. Anyway, so I'm thinking, holy cow, what does this mean? What did he hear? And he said, oh, yeah, he goes, uh, I heard you just putting your son, and this is what I heard you say. Cole, if you ever point the BB gun at Chase again, you will never get to shoot it. So I was like, oh, thank goodness. It could have been worse. And I started laughing. You could tell he kind of felt uncomfortable. But another time, another time, again, I had, one, I had a person call me. They didn't know that they, uh, that they had called me, and I heard them say this. I, literally, this is what I heard them saying. Kind of, it was, you could tell they're driving in their car and they were saying, I can't believe I keep doing this. What the heck is wrong with me? I'm an idiot. Dang it. Lord, what, why, I just, why can't this change in my life? And you could tell, like, they were crying out to God. And that they had just, I don't know what they had done, but I knew that what they had done was not good. And so I just start, and I knew, and I just started immediately, I just started interceding for them. I just start, Father, just meet them right now. I just pray for them right now. Whatever they've done, Lord, bring your forgiveness, bring your grace, bring your love. That's what it's like with the Holy Spirit. It's like we've dialed into God, and we don't know it. And the Holy Spirit's interceding always for us. Always. He knows exactly what we need. He knows exactly what we've done. Sometimes we're crying out to the Father, Lord, I'm such an idiot. I shouldn't have done this. And the Holy Spirit hears that. He just adds to that the power and the providence, and the, you know, just of everything. that He knows the heart of the Father. And as his friend, I wanted him to receive that healing right away. But so many of us respond and think that God's listening to us like my pastor was. Oh, no, God knows what's going on in my life. Well, here's news for you. He does. He does. He knows everything. Everything that you do, that you say, that you think. But the blessing is, like the second story... The Holy Spirit is responding and bringing our request to the Father. And that is great news. That is great news that the Holy, what the Holy Spirit does on our behalf when we ask. But our life with God, when we become Christians, it's literally like opening a cell phone conversation with God. And He knows everything that we're doing and saying. And it's just a matter, it's just a matter, prayer. It's just picking up our end of the phone. And talking to him. And listening to him. Talking to him. Laying it out there on the line. And listening to his solutions. Listening to his love. Listening to his comfort. But the line is open. It exists between us. It's just right there. And it's easy. It's wherever you are. Just tapping into it. And just listening to the Father's voice. You know, and primarily I'm talking here about requests. You know, about asking things that we need in our life to happen. And there, there are obviously lots of other kinds of prayer. But I want to focus on this one because I think it's the one that we have the hardest time dealing with. Mainly, it's the easiest one to kind of tap into as well because we're all selfaholics. We're all most concerned with ourselves. So if I'm going to get you to start praying more, I want to give you permission to pray for yourself. Pray for the immediate things in your life that you need. Again, and the Father loves that. 
We shouldn't feel guilty about that. He loves that. Now then, at a corporate level, prayers of request are really prayers of intercession. When we pray corporately and when we get together and pray for God to give us what we need, we're asking for God to bring his kingdom to bear in our church so that our church can bring his kingdom to bear outside of our church. And so we, we, bring, we intercess, we intercede for the members of our church and then for the community that we're in, okay? So the prayers of intercession. The individual stuff I just talked about, that's just kind of bait to hook you. But what I really want to talk about today is we, the importance of interceding as a church together. Our prayer meetings at River City Church are the least attended things that we do. Power Up Monday and the Wednesdays, least attended things that we have. Now, if I were to, I'm not going to do this, but if I were to ask you, who thinks that we'd be a church used in more powerful ways if we prayed more together? We'd all raise our hands. We'd all raise our hands. And so, again, there's this disconnect between what we say we believe and what we actually do. I mean, we all can find babysitters when we want to go on a date night. We all can find babysitters when there's other important things in our life. So why do we choose whenever the most important thing we could be doing as a church is to pray together? Why don't we choose to prioritize that? Why, why not? Because I would say, again, I want, I this is not a guilty thing. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I want you to begin to rethink your life priorities and, and, and just and order them in a way that is consistent with, with what I know you believe. Because if you're here in this church, you know we're not praying for things like more people to come. We're not praying for things like bigger buildings or bigger, bigger budgets. We're not praying for what other churches are praying for. It'd be nice to have a bigger building so we could fit more people. That would be really nice. But that's not what we're after. You see, in our church, we are after big things that need big prayer. We're after God to heal his people. We want God to bring transformation to lives in radical ways. We want to bring restoration to this community around us that nobody else cares about. And we, we don't know how to do that. You know, the staff, we don't know how to do that. But we know if we pray that God will show us. We're praying that God will give us land and schools for free. That's a big prayer. We're praying that when people come into this building, they will leave changed every time. That when we ask people to raise their hands for ailments, that God will answer us. We're praying for God to use our church, this little church, to plant other churches in this community and in, the, and, then, and then in our country and then in other countries. That's a big prayer. But that's what we expect God to do. So we have to be praying if we want. I mean, these are like ginormic things, big things. Big things. I saw that on a sign at City Cycle. Go buy your jersey. He'll have it up. If we want to succeed as a church, we have to pray. You know, for me, one of the, one of the realities is, and I think that we, the reason we don't pray, some of the reason is, is it's, it's, it's my responsibility to create an awareness of what we're expecting God to do. So some of the burden is on, is on us as a staff, and that we need to continually raise the bar and set our goals in a way that if we don't pray, we'll fail bad. And then you'll pray maybe because you feel sorry for us failing or whatever. But... um. One of the things that I've realized is that if I don't set a goal, a big, like, exercise goal, I, I won't exercise. 
But if I set a goal, like, you know, running a marathon or doing a big triathlon or whatever, and I, and I think, and I sign up and I pay for it, what, what happens is I wake up and I'm like, oh boy, I gotta train today. Cause if I don't, I could drown in the first leg of the race, which would not be good. You know, they, they put the swimming part first in a triathlon, so hopefully you won't die, you know, but, but if you make it through the swim, I hate swimming. Then, then, then I get to the rest and I know I won't die at least. But it motivates me to swim. So now I wake up at, I go swim at 5.30 three days a week because I don't want to drown. Because I'm going to have to swim a mile in a, in a, at the end of this month and then in the September. But I normally wouldn't do that. And in the same way as a church, if we don't set ginormic big things out in front of you that we need to pray for every day, then we won't pray at all. And that's what's happening. As you show up at Power Up Monday and it's like pulling teeth to get people to intercede. I was hoping we had Power Up Monday tomorrow, but we don't. It's next Monday. It'd be packed out tomorrow if we had it. There's a speaker this weekend. There's a speaker this weekend. Steve Nicholson is playing 70 churches in charge of all church playing for the vineyard. He's this dude, and you never think. He doesn't look like this dynamic church leader. He's planted 18 churches from his church. It's about six or 700 people. 18 churches out of six or 700 person church. And he said that they were planting this church, and they were having this powerful worship in the morning, and then they were driving up, and, and there, it was right just over this county line. And they passed this road and this, that was kind of the county barrier. And he would get a headache. And he would go there. And he said that this, the service was like dribbling. It was just lacking power. No one was getting healed. It was just really hard. People weren't coming that much. And went, what is going on here? And he started realizing he was getting these headaches. Every time for eight weeks in a row, he'd get these headaches right when he crossed the line. And he goes, ah, we need to pray more. There's spiritually something going on here, and we need to start praying. So we called his intercessors, the intercessory group in the church, and we have those here in our church, a little intercessor group. And, uh, and he asked them to start praying. And they started praying. Well, two weeks later, he was driving up. He didn't even think about not getting a headache or whatever. And they get in there, and in the middle of the service, they started smelling this really sweet rose smell. And he thought, oh, dude, some woman is, you know, gone a little overboard. And uh, and so they started checking out to see if any of the women had oversprayed perfume, which I don't know what look that looked like, but I'm sure it was awkward. I don't know. I mean, imagine, like, if you're a lady, you're like, let me sniff you, come here, come You know, and like, that, that couldn't have been a good scene. I don't know what made him do that or how he did that. But that's kind of comical, I thought. He didn't explain that either. He just kind of skipped through it. But anyway, what they found out was someone said, the smell is over in this corner of the room. And so, and, what, and so they said, well, let's bring people over there and pray for them. And wouldn't you know, people started getting healed when they prayed for them in that corner of the room. And there was a breakthrough that occurred because of the intercessors praying. I don't understand how that works. I don't know what, what's going on and all that. But I don't need to. I don't need to. Because, because the reality is, is if we want the land to build and to, to restore this community, we have to be praying together as a church. We shouldn't expect to get it if we don't. We shouldn't expect to achieve the things that we want if we aren't praying. Or, or at least we won't get them in the time frame that God desires to give them. It will be a lot more painful and a lot more slow. Individually and corporately, as a church, we need to start making sacrifices to pray more. I mean, isn't that, that's kind of the bottom line. Again, 
I don't want to motivate you with guilt. I want to set expectation and raise your, your kind of raise the bar of, of prioritizing church. Any great revival has always been preceded by, by prayer, lots of prayer. The one that happened in our country, you know, back at the turn of the century, what you don't hear about is that for 10 years, there have been people praying for that. The Welsh revival, the same thing. All of the revivals were preceded by people praying and crying out to God corporately. You know, the Brooklyn Tabernacle in New York, praying. The prayer service they have on Tuesday night is the biggest service that they have all week long. We have to start making sacrifices. If we really want to be the church, the God that we talk about wanting, we have to pray together. Church, this is cheesy, but, you know, churches that pray together stay together. It's kind of, it's kind of cheesy, isn't it? That's what you're going to remember from this sermon. Just know that. But, um, but we will increase individually. And, and, and when I was reading through the book of Acts, just as I was kind of, you know, about all this stuff. And it was amazing the amount of times it said, and then they prayed and this happened. And then they prayed and then this happened. Or God was doing this, the power of the Spirit came just after they prayed. Everything that happens in the book of Acts, is almost everything, is preceded by them gathering in prayer. And in the first chapter we see all these with one accord were devoted themse- devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. And this is in the upper room. All the disciples, they're praying together. And then in Acts 2, we see, and they devoted themselves to prayer, the apostles' teaching and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many signs and wonders were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all these things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the, the proceeds to all. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received the food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. You know, we always talk about that verse is used to, like, forgiving. But prayer is at the center of all that. That's a, that's a picture of church planning, fellowship, prayer being at the center. And then in Acts 4, again, he just, and when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. I mean, how many times do we say God has something for us this morning and we welcome the Holy Spirit to come and it's not at the measure that we need or desire? And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit This is after Pentecost and continued to speak the word of God in boldness. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. Again, prayer brings power. Prayer brings unity. Prayer brings sacrifice. It comes, if you want to pray more, it begins with praying more. And God will give you a heart that will change your time and give you a desire for more of him. I want to encourage us to pray more individually and together as a church with our spouses, with our friends. And we have lots of opportunities to do that if you're in a prayer triplet or whatever. But just know this. It's not, again, I don't want you to feel guilty about this. I just want your expectation of what God can do and wants to do to be consistent with what he's doing. 
And the only way that will happen is through prayer. And I don't know how you're going to make that happen in your life. But it's going to require sacrifice. We're getting ready to move into a, a season this fall where I think there is going to be amazing things happening in our church. That God has amazing things for us. That we are going to be splitting at the seams. That the, the things that have never happened are going to happen. But I know this. That we have to pray together. I don't know what you have going on in your life. But I would say that you need to be at Power Up Monday. If this is your church home. I don't know what you're going to have to do to get there. I don't know. I don't, I, I, you know, and I mean, we all have sacrifices that we're going to have to make. But the reality is, is if we want to accomplish the things that God has for us, we have to pray corporately together. We have to. And I would just encourage you next Monday to demonstrate your desire for God to do the things that we know that he can do in our life individually and corporately and come to Power Up Monday. Why don't we stand now? We have about 10 minutes until we have to pick up our kids.